Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello, and welcome along to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. Now in today's program, I'm going to focus on something that I couldn't really resist doing, bearing in mind the enormous focus of leader, manager, coach. And as you know, in previous episodes, we have focused on a number of highly eminent, very successful individuals in the world of football management and coaching. And... I couldn't leave out the person that I'm going to dive into today. And it's courtesy of an author called Patrick Barclay. There are numerous and many publications about this particular football coach. But the one I chose to use was Patrick Barclay's Anatomy of a Winner. The gentleman in question is Jose Mourinho one of the most successful football managers and coaches of the modern era. There's no doubt that Mourinho is a phenomenon and will be up there in the upper echelons of Football Management's Hall of Fame, there is no doubt. He is unique, Um, he divides opinion, but one thing that you cannot say or cannot deny about Jose Mourinho is that he is not a winner. He is a winner through and through. And I think one of the, or amongst the things that that excite people about Mourinho and intrigue people about Mourinho is the way in which he landed into the, the most successful league in the world, the English Premier League with Chelsea, and how he took it, took, took it by storm. I mean, he is a man who arrived into the world of cutthroat elite professional football management and seemingly from the sidelines just became an overnight success and we'll dive into that a little bit more but I think that's one of the reasons why people are so intrigued by Mourinho amongst numerous others not least his personality so let's take a look at Jose Mourinho and courtesy of Patrick Patrick Barclay's lovely, lovely insight from his book, Anatomy of a Winner, which does such a a superb job. So I thought we'd start with that, an overview of of Mourinho. So we talked about his success at Chelsea. And, you know, here's a guy who's won multiple Champions Leagues. He's won Champions Leagues with different teams from different countries and he's done it at a relatively young age and I think when somebody is as successful as Mourinho you automatically want to know how he's done it and how it's come about and Patrick Barkley does such a phenomenal job of piecing together the jigsaw about Mourinho that we're going to share today on Leader Manager Coach and look if you're not particularly intrigued by the world of football management. There are lessons in this 
about life, about leadership, about success, about career that are not exclusive to football. So, you know, my advice is to have a listen and see how it applies to your world. So, Marino's Portuguese and was born into a, you know, a, a relatively comfortable lifestyle. His, his family were able to send him to private school and he didn't come from the ghettos. He didn't come from the flavelas and he wasn't brought up in the back streets of Glasgow, which might disappoint a few people. So here's a, in Portuguese terms, a, a middle-class, well-off, relatively comfortable young man, went to private school, had a, by all accounts, a good family life. He did, however, have a dad who was a goalkeeper, who was not a world-famous goalkeeper, and I believe made one appearance for his country. I stand to be corrected on that. But what his dad was, was passionate about football, which impacted Mourinho. And he was also a coach. And Mourinho himself was born into this world of football. So he got to have that experience that many young boys do whose parents are heavily involved in the game to know how it works, to know all the ins and outs and, and, and develop that passion for it. Now, Mourinho himself, just like many other great managers, great coaches, was a player, but not a great one, and realised at a relatively young age that he wasn't going to make a living out of the game in any successful way. And it's worth reiterating at this point that many, 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 if not the majority of great managers were not people who were amazing players. And look, it's not all by any stretch. There are many great players who made great managers, who went on to have successful managerial careers. So it's not one or the other, but there are many who don't. Arsene Wenger, for example. Scolari, another one. Fergie, played professional football, but wasn't a world beater. So Mourinho was in that category of players who were forced, probably, possibly, to study the game from a different angle. They were not immersed as a professional player in the world of professional football where they had to think about themselves and develop their own game. They were afforded the opportunity to see the game, study the game, think about the game from the bigger picture, from the sidelines. Now, having decided and realised he wasn't going to be a pro player, Mourinho, as an intelligent young man, and it's important we say that, he had an intelligence. As a young man, he learnt to speak four languages, English, French, Portuguese and Italian. No mean feat, so had a great skill base, albeit not in football, but he was intelligent. He also went on to become a qualified sports scientist and studied sports science and understood a significant factor in the world of, of professional sport. And he also qualified as a teacher and worked as a teacher. So let's just look at those three facets alone, or four, if, if we just take intelligence as one. Intelligence comes in many forms, but Mourinho obviously has multiple intelligences and is able to develop his linguistic ability, which obviously, once the story um, starts to evolve, you'll see how that helped him absolutely enormously. But he developed this sports science 
basis, understanding how the body works, how performance happens and what is needed. And was also educated as a teacher. Now, there's not an enormous difference between a great coach and a great teacher. They have many, many similarities. So Mourinho has this skill set. He's intelligent, so he can take on information and he can apply it. He's multilingual, so he can communicate in, in a very, very, very effective way to many people. He has a knowledge base in sports science. He understands football and he has an ability to teach and convey information. Now, as regarding his ability to understand football, while his dad was a football coach in Portugal, Jose used to go along with him and used to watch and observe. And his dad used to give him jobs to do, like write reports, like go and watch other teams, go and watch other players and come back with information. So Jose developed this ability to analyze the game and analyze players. That's what he was doing as a young person. So here you have even before Mourinho set foot into what you might call the real world of professional football. Somebody who has a basis, a skill set, a knowledge bank and an ability to impact professional sport, i.e. football, in a very unique way. And to cut a long story short and to, to move the story on, at 25 years of age, Mourinho went over to Scotland and did the first part of his A license. In those days, as I know well myself personally, you did your A license in two parts, separated normally by 12 months. As the story goes, it was, it was a full 12 years, I believe, before Mourinho went back to do his second part. Are you struggling to find that extra edge to help you stand out above the crowd? Separating yourself from the rest is often about personal leadership. Achieve your true potential and become who you really can be. The Leader Manager Coach Pro Course is a unique membership accessing the knowledge and wisdom from history's greats that will help you develop both personally and professionally to make you truly stand out. The Leader Manager Coach Pro Course. Access now at patreon.com Leader Manager Coach. So here he was, an intelligent multilingual sports scientist and teacher with a deep understanding of football, a love for the game and the first part of his UEFA A license under his belt, coaching in Portugal in a lower league. And Andy Roxburgh, who was a famous professional footballer in Scotland and uh, heavily involved in coach education in the country, is quoted as saying, Jose Mourinho has the best example of work experience in the history of employment. Now that is no mean statement. And we haven't even finished discussing his work experience yet. So Roxburgh said, that, just to say it again, that Mourinho exemplifies the best example of work experience in the history of employment as his way of rationalising how Mourinho came to be so successful. So, what happens in the next part of the story? Well, the late, great Sir Bobby Robson in his career came over to Portugal to coach. And uh, Mourinho's multilingual ability and uh, sports science ability put him in line 
by happenstance because that happens to everybody doesn't it in terms of circumstance Mourinho acted as an interpreter for Sir Bobby Robson when he came over to Portugal to coach and he became a total necessity to Bobby Robson and he was at Bobby Robson's side in order to translate from Bobby to the players and the other staff the chairman the club owners the supporters and back to Sir Bobby every single piece of information and he did this for years and he and his wife became extremely close to Sir Bobby and Elsie so imagine that let's just look at that in detail every single thought that is then translated into words by a successful football manager who was the England manager and one of the most successful football managers from the UK every single thought and every single word that he wanted conveyed went through Mourinho so Mourinho had to listen he had to translate that into the relevant language and convey it to the third party and he did that for years he stood by him in every training session in every meeting in every situation so he had a total and utter global understanding and involvement in every aspect of top level football management that went through him the power that that gives somebody is almost unbelievable when you consider it you're even more powerful than the manager because they are reliant on you and he developed he had this ability he developed trust he was reliable he was consistent and people trusted him because he deserved to be trusted and they believed he was doing an excellent job and one of the things that exemplifies Mourinho's career and here's a real key point is that he and this is Patrick Barkley says this and actually names one of the chapters Mourinho does what it says on the tin so if he's asked to be the sports scientist he does it well if he's asked to be the translator he did it well and he did whatever he was asked to do the, to the best of his ability and did it really really well and developed trust so much so that people asked him to do more and more and more and more and he was sent to um, through his, his career at, before he was a manager himself to, to games to analyze players to do reports and his opposition analysis was allegedly so detailed and so well done that he just developed this aura about him that he was reliable and he knew what he was doing and he did that for years and he went from Portugal with Sir Bobby to Barcelona and he did the same thing in Barcelona and as the years went on Mourinho was given more and more and more to do he stood by him on the pitch Sir Bobby and Bark, as Barkley says Bobby used to be very controlling about how how in, how much he inputted the training so he didn't give Mourinho free reign but by the time Mourinho's life as a as an assistant or a number two or or, or as a translator or a, a fitness coach whichever bracket you want to put him into came to an end Mourinho was taking training sessions with Barcelona now after Mourinho uh, after Sir Bobby Jose became the assistant to Van Gaal who took over at Barcelona completely different style of management completely different thought processes very structured but actually somebody who allowed Mourinho much more slack so Mourinho was able to become to have much more 
lead, if you like, and freedom to coach at a very, very, very high level. He was still not a known in the world of football. He was a number two, he was a fitness coach or a translator, and he fitted into all these categories. And this went on for years, and Mourinho still had not completed his A license. Now, it was around 1996 when Robson was at Barcelona for one year and Mourinho's responsibilities increased. And then it was a further three years working with Van Gaal. But during that time, as it came to the year 2000, Mourinho got increasingly frustrated, as Barkley says, as being number two. And his tenure of being in his work experience role was getting him increasingly frustrated and was certainly coming to an end. And he returned to Portugal around this time, having completed the second part of his A-licence. Mourinho was now ready. So he certainly wasn't an overnight success, but as Andy Roxburgh said, and we've already mentioned, what a life experience at this point to prepare somebody for the success that was to come. He wasn't all sunlight and roses, Mourinho took a job at Benfica, lasted a few months and because of a political change ended up out of a job with no success. It wasn't long however before he was installed as the head coach at Porto. So he takes over his second club as the top dog at Porto, a club he knows well. And here's an analogy with the great Muhammad Ali. He says we'll win the league. A brave statement for anybody to say going into professional football. But in the first season with a club that had done very little for many, many years, they not only won the league, they won the UEFA Cup. And to compound it all in the following season, they became champions of Europe, winning the Champions League. Jose Mourinho was an overnight success. And very quickly following on from the great success he had in Portugal, as anybody who is invested in the game knows, he went on to have enormous success at Chelsea, coached Manchester United, Real Madrid, and continues to be a highly successful European coach now in Italy. And uh, this podcast is not about just following Mourinho's career. It's all about diving into the whys and wherefores and the hows and what's interesting. So I think it's pretty apparent from Barclay's great insight that it's this amazing perchance experience and coming together of abilities that created the man that's Jose Mourinho. And we've already touched on the fact that he could, what's the word, create excitement by making statements and following them up with successes like Muhammad Ali and doing what it says on the tin. And Barclay also makes comparisons with the great Bill Shankly about how Mourinho builds his players up. And you listen to John Terry and you listen to Frank Lampard and people who played for Mourinho. And they, they say that he built them up to be greater than they were. He lent them every bit of belief he had and made them feel great and made them into the best players that they could possibly be. He had that ability, just like Shankly. He used John Terry as himself on the field, like Shankly used his captain, particularly Emmeline Hughes. He has this enthusiasm, and all his players said he made his training fun and enjoyable. All the Liverpool players, the majority of them, say they loved Shankly. They loved him, and they played for him. 
That's what the Chelsea players said. We love him. We play for him. We do it for him. Now, to be able to inspire that kind of response from people is an amazing leader. Mourinho obviously has that. He also, Barkley, makes a comparison with the late, great Brian Clough. You know, Mourinho's certainly a master psychologist. He's not afraid to state his opinion and he's not averse to engaging in what you might call mind games. And he uses the media like a a tool and a weapon. And that's what Clough did. Different era, different man, but certainly a utiliser of psychology and someone not afraid of stating their own greatness. As Cluffy said, I don't think I'm the greatest manager in the world. I'm just in the top one. As Mourinho said, I am the special one. We will win the league. Takes something special to be able to say those things and carry them out. But what else is it about Mourinho? We've already talked on him about him as a master psychologist and his use of the media and mind games. Mourinho, as I suspect many managers do, but Mourinho is a master at this, used the media and used every opportunity to help him win games, help his teams win games. So when he was being interviewed, when he had the opportunity to speak to the media, to speak to the fans, to speak to the world, if you like, he wasn't really interested in answering questions. He's interested in creating an environment, creating a response in opposition, in his own players, in his supporters, so that it gives him and his teams the optimum opportunity to win a game. An absolute master at it. He's already preparing for the next game in his interview post-match from the game that's just finished. And there's great comparisons in the book about the battles on this stage that he had with Sir Alex. And as Barclay points out, it does appear that Mourinho often won those psychological media mind game battles. Not only was he a psychologist with the media, he was a psychologist with his players. And as Barclay points out, he was that evolutionary new type of manager that wasn't the old Victorian distant dictator, but was actually almost the big brother to the players. And he uses Desmond Morris's analysis of Mourinho running onto the pitch in his grey cashmere coat, jumping onto the back of his players as if he was one of them celebrating a goal, running down the touchline, doing a knee slide, getting emotionally involved with the officials. He's almost a player, a frustrated player who couldn't play at the level he wanted to, but he's living out his life as a player, as a manager, and is able to carry it off as one of them, almost, or their big brother. And how amazing is it that at the richest club in the world at the time, arguably Chelsea, he created that siege mentality mentality of us against the world. Poor old Chelsea, everybody against us. Forgetting that, or people forgetting that Chelsea had all of, for the very first time, Abramovich's millions to spend. So that's the management part of him. To add to that, he was this evolutionary, unbelievably great coach who was operating at a level where he was obsessed with detail in every way. 
He had mega fallouts and many fallouts with medical staff. He was on top of everything, like Shankly was on top of everything at Liverpool. Wenger was on top of everything at Arsenal and Fergie was on top of everything at United. Obsessed with detail as many great leaders and winners are. But on the football pitch, he was at the vanguard and or the, the forefront, the cutting edge of evolution where technical, tactical, physical and psychological aspects of football coaching are bought into the arena of everything being done together. So no separate running days, no separate technical days, no separate tactical days, no separate sessions in the gym, everything done together, technical, tactical, physical, psychological and social, all in one, hour and a half sessions, no rest in between, minimal lost time, ultimate planning. Yes, he has the ability to do that with the setup, but somebody who is an absolute master coach. So in a nutshell, thanks to Barkley, there we have it. Somebody who had all the natural characteristics added to that had this almost perfect, I use that word very carefully, life experience and brought it all together, was able to be this master psychologist, this big brother, yet this ruthless, unpredictable, yet phenomenally clinically skilled coach and brought it to the world of professional football. It's a great insight from Patrick Barkley and it explains to me certainly why Mourinho is the animal he is. Catch you later.